Welcome to Five. Aqua JPIA staff will ask guests five questions. The five questions will focus on pooling, water, risk, HR, and leadership. Five responses with valuable information for JPI member agencies, boards, and staff. Thank you for listening. Please welcome our host and guest for today. Thank you, David Hodgen, for that wonderful introduction and welcome everyone. Thank you to Cliff Diver Music for all the music you hear in this episode. Today we have a really terrific guest. It's Jennifer Nagosik, who is the Liability and Property Claims Manager. Jennifer, thanks for coming and tell us about how you came to the JPIA and a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, it's kind of ironic because I heard about the JPIA and the position from a a previous boss of mine. Um, We had worked together for many years and he knew I wasn't happy. He had already left the company and uh, he let me know about it. And, you know, I tell you, I I read the job description and I thought, this is this is me. This is a perfect, perfect job for me. Um, I had been in claims for back to 1986. I've been doing this a long, long time. And I worked for an insurance company, a big carrier, um, did auto claims for um, auto dealers and petroleum companies throughout California, Oregon, Nevada, um, and Utah. And I learned a lot uh, about insurance. And then I needed something different. So I went to work for a TPA, which is a third party claims administrator. And that's where I learned about public entity claims, which as you know, are, are much different than insurance claims um, because we work under the California Government Tort Claims Act. And I got a lot of experience handling claims for cities and counties. Um, and that included police and fire claims, which are very, always interesting, always interesting. Um, I did some work for nonprofits and asphalt companies, construction companies. So I kind of got a big... Um, big experience on a variety of of claims. Um, I went to work for this TPA that was small. It was a small family owned company and they cared about you and people were pretty close and we did activities together. Well, unfortunately they were bought out by a big insurance company and then they were bought out again by a bigger insurance company and you just became a number and it, it just didn't have that, that family feel to it. Um, and we kind of lost the service that we were providing for our customers. So I wasn't happy. So when I read about JPIA, uh, I knew this was just the best place to be. And it has been phenomenal. I've been here almost seven years and it's the best decision I ever made. So I owe him big time for telling me about the job. I think that's one of the best parts about working claims is no two days are alike. Never. It's never routine. And, and every time you think you've seen it all, something comes in that you've never seen before and can't imagine how this happened. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> um, can you tell our members something you wish more of them knew? Um, yeah. Uh, one of our common claims are our pipe breaks. And we have sewer breaks, too, sewer backups. And we would love if they called us right away and not try to handle it themselves. Um, Call us right away, let us help with the situation because it can be pretty devastating to the residents. If they need temporary housing, we can get that handled, Um, which would be if they didn't have 
uh, a bathroom and, and a kitchen access, they would need to be placed somewhere else. And don't ever admit fault. Don't say, oh, it's all our fault. We'll take care of everything because it will come back to bite us later, um, especially when people have um, older homes with 40-year-old carpet and they expect to get brand new carpet, brand new everything, it, it becomes a problem. So don't don't say we'll pay for everything. Um, also, we ask that they not sign any contracts. Uh, let the homeowner do that. You can refer them to a, a national cleanup remediation company um, in the area and say, here's a list of companies, but don't tell them what company they have to hire and don't sign the contract because then you do take on responsibility uh, for anything that might go wrong. The other issue that comes up on there is prevailing wage. We do not pay a company prevailing wage to repair a homeowner's residence or landscaping. It's not a public uh, job. Right. It's not a public job and it's an emergency situation, Correct. which would take it out of the prevailing wage law. Right. So that that has been an issue. So I think we've got most of those cleaned up, but it's something to be aware of. Um, also, risk transfer. Risk transfer is when you hire a contractor to do work for you and they happen to damage something or injure somebody in that process. We want to make sure everything is put together so that that contractor is going to take care of it and not our member. Um, and in order to do that, you want to make sure that you have a contract. There have been situations where our members think, oh, I don't need a contract. That's a real small job. Nothing's going to happen. And then somebody trips over a cord and hits their head and loses their teeth and fractures their nose and has a traumatic brain injury. So it can happen at whether it's a big contract or a little one. Um, Nydia in our uh our agency does training. We have webinars, and then she has some um, classes coming up, I believe, where people can attend, and they're great. Uh, she'll go over that you you have to have the contract language appropriate. Uh, I would definitely recommend you have your defense counsel take a look at it, and you want to make sure you have the insurance documents. We need the certificate of insurance that says the contractor has insurance, but you always have to have that additional endorsement that names you and says that you are covered. And we want to remember that uh, there are situations where our members absorb another agency and they need to make sure if that happens that they get all of those risk transfers in place for that new agency and all the different facilities and you want to keep them up every year. So it's a, it's a big job, but it's very important. We've had situations where the lack of the appropriate risk transfer is uh, creating million do millions of dollars that are being paid out that really shouldn't have to if we had the right risk transfer in place. That's a, a great list of to-dos to check after you listen to this episode is to run through just what Jennifer uh, is talking about and make sure your district can check all the boxes that she just laid out on risk transfer, on signing contracts, and on letting us know. It, no matter what the area is, I always say that you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. And the sooner you can get it to us, uh, the better. I mean, we are the professionals and we feel like we have the vast experience of over 45 years and we'll help you get the best, best protection. And that's why it's important to get to us. And prior to claims, it's important to look into what Jennifer's talking about regarding your risk transfer practices and procedures. 
you know, liability uh, claims doesn't just focus on after the damage occurs. What role does the property and liability claims department under your supervision play with other aspects of the uh, JPIA? Uh, we work closely with risk management. Um, when we see a claim come in that is preventable, we want to let the risk advisors know so that they can go take a look at it and talk to the members and maybe do some some more education with them, update them on on policies and procedures they could be following to avoid it in the future. In addition, they have a lot of knowledge for uh, us claims people. Um, they give us a lot of information on dig alerts so that we can investigate properly and understand who is actually responsible for hitting a utility. Is it our member or is it a contractor? Um, they help us a lot with that. Um, they also help us with some of the very large pieces of equipment and facilities and how they work to help us understand what damaged that piece of equipment um, and what other investigation we might want to do. Um, finance we work very closely with because we have a program called subrogation, a process we follow where we pursue recovery from uh, the, the responsible parties that damaged our members' property. Um, we also go after PG&E and SoCal Edison, and we've been very successful in getting monies back. So they, we work with finance to make sure we both have the correct numbers um, because that all comes into play in figuring out and calculating the EMODs for liability and the retrospective premium adjustment refunds. Um, we want to make sure that all of that information is accurate so they can make the correct calculations. Um, member services, they are responsible for the policies. So that's who we go to to confirm coverage and get the appropriate property schedules to make sure that the claimed uh, piece of property is actually on the schedule and covered. And then there's a lot of tricky nuances uh, in, in the, the big policy, and we work with them in making a determination on the appropriate coverage decision. Admin, uh, our administrative department, they are responsible for training. And so they work with us in putting together training for our members from our department and also providing training to us for various vendors so that we get the most up-to-date information on what's happening in the claims world. Um, and then we also work with various committees, the property committee, the liability committee, and obviously the executive committee because they are the ones that give us authority to settle liability claims. So any any claim over a hundred thousand, we have to go to the the president and the vice chair of the executive committee to get authority, and anything over one hundred fifty thousand, we go to the entire executive committee, and we present the case to them and seek their approval, their authority to go up to a certain amount. Um, we don't have to do it too often, so that's a good thing. Uh, the liability committee, we work with them on the. Memorandum of liability coverage, any changes or um, additions, subtractions from the policy that we've learned about over the previous years. And same thing with property committee. Um, yeah, I think the, the aggressive approach you've brought to the JPIA on subrogation is really beneficial to the members in that you're always looking to help get money back for them that helps them in the overall big picture and you've done a great job with that. Yeah, we go after their deductibles too, so they can get that back and their loss of use. 
Um, we're not always successful on that, but sometimes we are, and, and so they get that money back. Yeah, which is great in the bottom line, big picture. It's not just pay claims, pay claims, but it's a it's an overall comprehensive department that you're running that's well integrated into all aspects of the JPIA, and you do a great job. Thanks. Um, what are the most frequent types of claims you see occurring at our member districts in liability or property? Again, I would say pipe breaks and canal breaches. Those are definitely the, the most frequent type of claims. I ask all the time, please call us as soon as you can and not wait, especially with the orchard, uh, the flooding of crops and orchards. We need to get those dry as soon as we can. Um, we have a lot of almond tree and walnut tree claims, and the longer that water sits, the worse the claim gets. So we want we need to get that water out. We ask that you take our members take lots of pictures and as many as you can on whether it's an orchard or it's a house or it's an apartment complex. Uh, we want to see what's been flooded and what has not, because as claims evolved, some people try to claim pieces of property or areas that were not affected. So the more pictures you can take, the better we're going to be. Um, on the orchard claims, if you can count the number of rows or trees uh, affected, the easier it is for us to uh, adjust that claim. And vehicle accidents, again, take lots and lots of photos and call us and let us know um, if it's a serious accident or the, it's a he said, she said type of incident, we may want to look for video uh, in that general area. And a lot of people record quickly. So we'll need to get on that right away. Um, in addition to the photos, get all the names and information of the people involved, the number of people in a car. Every now and then we have people that try to pull in their cousin that was also in the car and injured. That, that kind of thing will happen. So get that in the witness info, especially if if there's a disagreement, uh, we want to make sure we have that witness information. All um, all third parties, which is not our members, but third parties will have to file a claim with your district before we can proceed um, in getting the claim paid. They're going to have to get that claim filed. And we might want to assign um, an appraiser to inspect the vehicles and give us a, an estimate of damages. And we may want to hire an adjuster who's going to go out boots on the ground and get statements and the police report, more pictures of the scene, diagrams of the scene. So we have a lot of, of uh, procedures that we want to follow in getting the claim adjusted. And we might even want to hire a defense attorney early if it's if there's a fatality involved or a serious injury. Um, we recently had a famous person that was killed um, because they, they turned in front of our dump truck and it was one that was in the press and we wanted to get an attorney on it right away. And he had the black box pulled from the vehicle that shows the speed and the stopping and turning and all of that information. Uh, claim wasn't filed, but we wanted to make sure we were prepared. So that's what we want to do on those serious, serious claims. Yeah, again, it's the earlier we can get involved and the better documentation early on it all translates into a better result at the end. Yes. Great. But but everything's not always sunny. Um, what is your least favorite part of the job? 
I, I will say the fatalities, the serious injuries, the disfigurements, you know, I've, I've been doing this a lot of years, 36 years and working with families of deceased, um, and especially children, whether the, our members at fault or not is extremely difficult. Um, but we have to defend our member and be fair. So um, I, I know there was a couple incidents that were, I felt a little bit better handling them. And one was up in Washington where we made a turn in front of a motorcycle and the woman's leg was crushed and she couldn't ride a motorcycle. She couldn't drive a stick and she needed a vehicle. And we flew up and we got her a vehicle because the claim was worth a lot of money. So buying that vehicle automatic really helped in us getting that claim resolved. And, and I felt a little bit better for her, but it was still very difficult. And another one many years ago was a serious head injury to a child. And she spent months and months at the Ronald McDonald house to help recover from that. And we flew up there and worked out a structured settlement, which allowed us to give her money up front, but also get her college set up and, and you know, help her take care of her future. So those are some of the things we, we have to do in those serious situations. Um, and we have to, whether the members at fault or not, we have to consider what a jury w w is going to do. And, and, and you never really know. Right. So uh, we make the best decision that we can for the member and for the pool. Yeah. I always say when someone asks, what's the case worth or am I, is there liability? And the answer is, well, it's whatever that jury decides in that courtroom on that day. And you, so many variables, it's really difficult to predict. Yes. And what we try to do is eliminate the risk and, and look for the best possible protection for the, the member districts and their employees. Yes. This has been extremely informative. Thank you so much. Yes. I mean, aside from those pieces of the job I don't really like. Um, I love the job. I'm so glad my old boss told me about the the opening and I love it here. And, and we're happy to have you and you make us a better place. Thanks. Thank you, Jennifer. And again, thank you to everyone for listening. We really appreciate your uh, subscribing to this podcast. If you have questions or comments, please don't hesitate to email us at podcast at aquajpia.com. Thank you again, and we look forward to speaking with you again in the near future. Take care, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Five. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review and leave a comment. Have a topic you would like to learn more about? Email us at podcast at aquajpia.com. Thank you to Cliff Diver Music for producing our music. And until next episode, thank you for making us a part of your day.